you are live now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So we are recording the new episode of the podcast on Instagram Live right now. Hopefully, we can get some people in here to ask questions that I will be able to answer on the podcast because that's what we are recording at the moment. I'm actually going to plug my headphones in so I can have a better microphone on on this episode. Here we go. So we should have a better mic at this point. What's up? We got, uh, hold on, we are uh, notifying your followers. I'm trying to set this camera up so it is all set. I don't know if it's going to or not. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Um, I'm going to be answering some questions for a little bit. I was just on TikTok Live, and now we are here on Instagram. I'm going to make sure these headphones are all set up. Thank you so much on those Mbappes. I am extremely excited about the grading of those cards. I mean, obviously... Going eight for eight for PSA tens on those cards is is it's better than I could have expected realistically. Actually, gotta make sure this is like straight up here, straight up and down. Here we go. Just gotta make sure. Got my laptop actually right in front of me. Um, I'm gonna be on live for I don't know. However long I, I don't know. Let's let's get some questions. What's your process for sending in? cards what's your process on sending and examining cards uh i mean realistically i just i just was gonna send i didn't do any type of examining on those mbappes like i just i bought them last summer and i wanted to send them in for grading because i had them ungraded and i was like i need to i don't want to because i have a ton of raw stuff that i i wanted to either get rid of or send in for grading and keep the PSA 10s, which was actually my original plan for those Mbappes was going to be send in all, all eight of them. And then whichever ones came back as 10, I was going to keep those and then sell the eights and the nines and the sevens, whatever I got. And it just ended up being that all of them got tens, which I, it, I, I still can't believe it's still like such, such an awesome, uh, such, such a like, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, it's great. Cause now I can, so the question is strategy for them, selling them now. So I need a new laptop. That's kind of my number one priority right now. Uh, my MacBook, probably about two years ago, just died finally after about 10 years. So I bought like a $150 laptop from Amazon and I've been using that for like grad work. Um, and then I've also been using it for like some some graphic design stuff because I can, I can, uh, in, in PowerPoint, it's actually pretty wild what you can do in PowerPoint if you're trying to do any type of design stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I am selling a couple of them right now. I have them up on eBay. I think I have them listed for $3,600. I've had a couple people who have reached out to me asking about them. And I, you know, I, I, I do want to sell them, but I'm just not sure. Because I'm not, I'm not like dying to sell the cards. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. I'm not dying to sell the Mbappes, so I do want to. So I have now. I have ten of them. So I have. So I got the eight graded, and I have two of the base, and then I have one silver. Which the silver is probably actually. I can just look it up right here. Uh, twenty twenty eighteen Panini Prism. Oops, Panini Prism. Come on, pull up so I can just PSA ten World Cup. But I want to do Panini Prism. Mbappe silver. Let's see what. Oops, nope. Let's see. PSA ten silver. 
if I could spell, that would be phenomenal here. So let's see. So let's go to the last sold. Sold listings. Yeah, it looks like it looks like they're selling in the forty-five-ish hundred-dollar range. And I mean, I like I, I if you've I have been. I mean, Mbappe for me is like probably he's probably like the top prospect in soccer when it comes to players that I like. I think Holland is obviously phenomenal, and I like him, but I think his cards are kind of expensive at this point. I think uh, Anasu Fati obviously is another another player that I, I bought one of his cards last December, I think for $18. And I think that card, if I sent it in for grading, I think it's, should we can, another one, we can just look up, uh, Anasu Fati PSA 10, which I, from what I've heard that these cards are extremely, extremely hard to gem. So let's see. So the, the Panini, Panini Chronicles PSA 10, that one sells for 800. Uh, let's see if, wow. Even the, the tops match attack from last year selling for, so I don't know if that. I wonder. Uh, let's see. Some of these are. Some of these are not coming up there. So I guess I'll go to, uh, one, one thirty point, eBay. Sorry about that. Uh, one thirty point eBay. So we're gonna do that, and we're just gonna check out the Fati cards just to see, uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, Nasu Fati uh, Mega Cracks P, uh, PSA 10. Let's see what pops up when that happens. Actually, Mega Cracks might be one word now that I'm looking at it. Uh, PSA 10, wow, $4,300. One of them sold for $3,600. And then even these raw cards are going for like $200. So I'm obviously I'm disappointed that I didn't buy more of the Fatis when I was buying them at the time. I only bought one of them. I bought it for $18 last December is when I bought them. So think about, think about mindset when you're buying these cards. Cause like for me, I was looking at that card and at the time $18 was, it was kind of wild. If you really, if you, if you think about it and you go back and if you go back and look at what the prices of a lot of cards were back then to buy Fati at last December, it's it is it is wild, and I will admit that I was. It's, it, I mean, you're prospecting at that point, but like Fati, it's I don't know. I think he he just turned 18 today, so I have I want to do a post about him because he just turned 18 and kind of talking about his cards. And I, you know, I, I there's so many times where I don't remember if it was Sports Card Tom or who it was that told me originally about Fati. I'm sure. I mean, it could have even been, I think there, there's a ton of different people that I've talked to about soccer. Cause I mean, I've, like I said, I've been, I've been doing soccer podcasts and talking about soccer for, I don't know, since, since last year at this point. So like last December when I was doing, I, I did my, the one podcast where I predicted that Holland was a player that you should look out for that. I saw like a tweet or something about him and I was like, I'm going to look into him a little bit more. And then next thing you know, he scores a hat trick in the champions league. And then he goes to Dortmund and he is, he's the hottest. He's probably going to win the uh, golden boy this year. He's probably, it's either going to be him um, or, or Fati, I guess. I mean, the, both of those players, like Holland was absolutely ridiculous in the, in the world, in the, uh, not world cup, sorry, in the champions league last year. I mean, he scored, Right before COVID hit and everything kind of got shut down, he was he scored that goal and he like the assist from uh, Reyna 
which was an amazing, amazing goal. He just absolutely crushed it. That was one of my favorite goals of the year because it was just like it was a laser. He took he took that shot from right inside the box and it was just lasered against PSG. And then he did his like little celebration and and then PSG ended up mocking him at the end of the second game when they won, which was that was super strange. Like I, they, especially for a player that young, it's not like they it's not like uh, Holland is like old. Like it's not like he's in his twenties. Like he was, I think he was still nineteen at the time. Like so to. To, to mock him was kind of funny to me. Um, but yeah, so I think the original question was how do I know when to sell? I think there's not really a... For me, it's not really a specific indicator. Like, I know that... I, I bet you there's people that have, like... That have more analytics behind kind of what they're doing that probably have, like, an indicator that says if such and if such and such happens that means it's time to sell i don't necessarily have that type of uh insight into when when is the right time to sell i mean for me it's like if i bought all this especially with soccer especially this is kind of my big thing with soccer i originally had planned on holding all my soccer stuff until the 2026 world cup probably because that that's when it's going to be in the United States. And I think that's going to be one of the, I think that's going to be a peak in the soccer card market. So obviously in 2019 saying that you're holding until 2026, that's kind of a wild thing to say. And at the time, those, the Mbappes were only $40 for a PSA 10. So I just look at, I look at those cards specifically like a, like a Mbappe. And I wasn't expecting, honestly, I wasn't expecting the market to be where it's at now until probably the 2022 world cup. I mean, I thought euros was going to be a really big deal and I thought that was going to help. But when I first, when I saw that initial spike, when it went from 40 to like 250, oh wow. Clemson just picked sixth. Oh no, that's crazy. Hopefully there's a, is there a flag? Second down. Oh, incomplete. That's good. So initially, when the market, which now I'm disappointed because, I, and the only reason I sold one of my Mbappes at, uh, I sold it at $250, one of the PSA 10s, because when I posted that the cards had gone up to, when I posted that the cards had gone up to $250, I would say no less than five to 10 people reached out to me. It was like, those cards are all being shilled. So I was like, I'm going to prove that it's not being shilled. I'm going to sell one myself. And I sold it, and it paid for, and I and I shipped it out. And at the time, that was one of the most expensive cards actually that I had ever sold. Now I sold one of the silvers as well, uh, probably in the middle of the pandemic. So I sold it when it was at like twenty five hundred. So that was probably when the the base Mbappes were at like four fifty or five hundred. <laughs> yeah, it was probably at four fifty or five hundred. Um, and then, and then the silver at the time was twenty five hundred. Where, that, where that card? What's up, cardboard commission? How we doing? What's up, Sean? Sean's in the building. When um, what was the? I lost my train of thought. Oh, the the silvers were at twenty five hundred, and then at during the world during, no sorry during the Champions League final like right towards the end of the summer there, those those cards were up to ten k and. You know, it was unfortunate that I sold it for twenty five hundred when I could have sold it for ten k. But I mean, I look at it and I say I bought the card for a hundred dollars, so I can't really complain. And I, it's not like I bought the card for 
a thousand or two thousand and sold it for twenty five hundred, and then it goes up to ten k. Like there's only a hundred dollar investment. It's the same with these with these Mbappes that I got graded. Like I bought them for three between three to five dollars each, and then it cost me about fifty dollars to get each of them graded. And now, now they're sitting at about six fifty seven hundred. What's up, Tom? Tom in the building. Um. Uh, now the, uh, Tom, I was talking, I was just talking about Fati. You missed it. Uh, this will be a podcast, so you'll be able to listen back. I was just, I was telling everybody that I think you were the first person to tell me about Fati, but I don't remember if it was you or if it was, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I I think it might've been, I feel like it was you, but I feel like it also could have been someone else. Maybe it was you in the, the, uh, card hops chat. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but. But either way, so like I said, the the Mbappes that I bought, I bought them for three to five. So let's just say five. Let's go con- let's go conservative here, and I'll say five dollars a piece. I bought eight, I bought eight of them for five dollars a piece. Um, I, I got them graded for fifty dollars a piece. They come back. It's a it's a seven hundred dollar card. So like I put I put fifty five to sixty dollars, and I'm getting a six hundred dollar return or seven hundred dollar return on it. So. I'm okay selling three or four of them if I need to buy a new laptop. And I think that's kind of how people should should look at this. I think they should look at it and say, you should be all right selling something if you if you depending on where you bought it. If you need the money, you should just be all right selling. I don't think it's necessarily if you need the money, it's not a bad thing to just decide to sell. I think that's kind of that's kind of my opinion when it comes to when you should be selling. So Sean asked the question. I'm scrolling back up. Which Mbappe is it better, the prism or the sticker? I think the sticker is going to probably be eventually. Eventually, the sticker will probably be more expensive than the card itself. Uh, but that's because I think it's going to be more rare, and I think those are going to be a little bit harder to grade because they're stickers. They're probably a little bit more flimsy as well, so that you kind of might run into that sort of issue when you're looking at the stickers. So I think the sticker long term is probably going to be a better buy, um, but I think it, it, I, I think it, you nothing is going to be nothing is going to. I don't know if we've hit a floor with soccer or not, but I, I think that you're not going to see many cards go down from their prices where they're at now. So we got. Uh, Neil, I think is that's that's the name. Neil is uh, NP Sports Cards One. Uh, we've got. Have you seen the shift in soccer cards? Lots of PSA nine selling now, much less raw. Yeah, I mean, I actually talked about this on the the today's podcast, and that's a, so this is a perfect question, kind of to go off of what I talked about on today's podcast. So what I think has happened is we've seen a rise in the amount of people who are in the soccer market, which has then driven like you're not going to find a superstar who is you're not going to find many superstars nowadays uh that are uh what's the, what's the word I'm looking for that are undervalued uh I think you're moving towards you're moving more towards where basketball is at where all the top stars are appropriately priced compared to some of the other stars and with raw I think the other thing with raw is that honestly like with all of these people coming in, you know, the with all the people coming in, there isn't a lot of soccer stuff in general. Like even the 2018 Prism stuff, like they're probably they're probably there's just not a lot of that type of of those types of cards. 
Um, yeah, I think, well, the, the Fati, I bought a Fati in December. So if we had talked about it in like November or October of last year, that's how I would have, that's how I would have known about Fati. So I'm, that's what I'm trying to, I forget. So uh, the Kai tops Chrome or Optic, I think it's the same. Actually, I think that's an interesting kind of conversation because it's very, it's the same with um, Mbappe, in my opinion, because I think Mbappe has a topped Chrome and he has a Prism. Kai has a Optic. I would say going with Optic because it's a Germany, uh, he's wearing his Germany jersey and it also has the rated rookie logo on it. I would say Optic over topped Chrome in that scenario. But and then, so I think. I mean, in my opinion, I think if we're talking national team cards versus club team cards, I think national team cards have a little bit more of an appeal, just because you have like a, it's a whole country that's rooting for this player, rather than you know if you're a Chelsea fan or you're a Man United fan or you're a Liverpool fan or you're a PSG fan, like for Mbappe, for example, like he Mbappe. Versus, uh, I think he played for uh, Leibnkusen is his tops Chrome card for Kai and like Mbappe, his tops Chrome is a PSG card. Versus, because also with that one specifically, there are other cards like the Panini XL where he's wearing his Morocco jersey. So that's kind of a, I think that's kind of a big deal. Um, so let me just scroll back up here and see if I make sure I didn't miss anything. So thoughts on the Dortmund transcendent autographs? I think those are big because those are some of the first autographs for some of these players. So I definitely, I definitely like that set. I think Tops really, uh, I think they used a lot of Dortmund this year in a lot of different sets. So I'm, I don't think it's necessarily that they watered down the Dortmund cards from this year. But I do think that if you are looking, it's easier to find Dortmund players from this year compared to most years. Because if you look, Topps must have released four or five different Dortmund individual sets. So I think that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. I think. Uh, hold on, let me go back. Thoughts on the UCL Topps living set? Love it. I mean, it's one of my honestly one of my favorite sets in baseball in soccer. Um, the one thing that I do find that's kind of interesting is that. People are people are obsessed with using like population reports to justify buying and selling cards, but then there are sets where they tell. So, but we don't. Okay, so hold on. Let me try and formulate this correctly. So, people love using the population reports to determine whether a card is a good or good or bad buy, and people want to know what the print runs for all of these sets are. But then, when there are sets that tell you what the print run is, people don't seem to. People don't seem to care as much about those cards, which I don't really, I guess I understand because they're print-on-demand set cards, so maybe people don't view them as, like, I don't know if it's, people don't view them as, like, real or what, whatever, but, like, the, like, print, like, uh, Tops Now, um, the Tops Living Sets, like, these cards, they, they have print runs that they give you, which is what people want to know, but for whatever reason, they ignore the sets that have the exact print run, so you know how many cards are, how many cards are being printed of that specific one, but for whatever reason, people don't, people don't seem to, People want to know the information, but then when they're... Okay, maybe this is it. People want to know the information, but then when they're given the information in a certain circumstance, they don't care. They don't... Maybe... No, I don't know. They don't care as much about the information when 
they know the information. So they people want to know how much how high the print runs are for like Prism cards and like Topps cards. But then Topps comes out with a set and they say this card has X amount of cards. But like for whatever reason, it seems like people don't care, which is it's kind of confusing to me. And I'm I'm still I'm trying to put together like a theory about that. But because um, like Topps Living and Topps Now. Like some of those, some of those cards are going to be the first are going to be the first cards of these players. Like the Georania tops tops now cards. I bought a couple of those, and it's his first his first tops card. Doesn't have the rookie card logo because at the time they didn't include the rookie card logo on those tops now cards. But there's we know the print run of them. We know the print run is going to be less than what the print run is of the actual cards within a certain set. So it's just interesting that people don't care about that about those sets more when we know the information when they do care about using stuff like pop reports to justify their their buying of certain cards. Uh, let's see, I have uh, AB about uh, two hundred cards. Uh, I have about two hundred for cards, two hundred dollars. I mean, I would say. If you have about two hundred dollars, there's I think there's two different routes. You could go, you I would I, I would say go with like a try and find a veteran in the in the NBA and a veteran that's going to be retiring soon. That's probably going to be a Hall of Famer and do that or go maybe look at some raw cards and try and find a bunch of them for like like five ten dollars and then go that way. You know, I, I think that if you go to eBay and you search, now I don't think there's any. I think that my suggestion isn't going to be any better. It isn't going to be any better than what you might be able to find. So my suggestion is go to eBay, look at the filters, use um, use max two hundred, use minimum I don't know whatever fifty, however you want to do it, and then look through all the cards and then just determine a player that you specifically like and then try and buy their cards that way. Uh, thoughts on how hard optic PSA are to grade? Yeah, I guess it's just with with optic and Donruss. Uh, from the last few years, they've had that full border, and that's what people like. So uh, I, I don't think it's it, like every time the tops comes out with a new design, they want the full border, which is twenty twenty one is going to have that full border. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how those cards grade. And I think people want the full border, so those cards, even though they're hard to grade, that's what people wanted they wanted the full border on those cards so i think that's kind of my my thoughts on those specifically why are byron young players so cheap like um like uh camin sunny garby they might be the best team in soccer yeah i would say they probably are the best team i mean they're definitely the best team in the bundesliga um, I actually was on the Sunday League Investors, and my prediction for this year's Bundesliga is that Dortmund is going to win the Bundesliga this year. I don't think I put that out on in my podcast, and I don't think I put that out on Instagram at all. But I think that last season we saw last season we saw um, the Dor- we saw when they came back, Dortmund was still in it with five or six games to go. So I think now that we're seeing the players. Now that we're now that we're seeing the players grow and become better, I think that Dortmund has just as, just as good of a chance of winning as Bayern does. Like I said, Bayern is is absolutely nasty, and some other young players are definitely going to be good to invest in. Um, what's the difference? What's what's your preference between PSA? Uh, okay, actually, no, I'll go back to, to Rashford. I, uh, I, I've, I've, I I'll admit I slept on Rashford of how good he is. I also like 
some of the social stuff that he's doing outside of the game. Like, uh, I know that he donated a bunch of money to feed some uh, groups in, to, to feed some, I think it was childhood hunger and stuff like that within within the UK and within England, stuff like that. So I'm a huge fan of that. So And also he's just been, like, nasty. So he's been, like, ridiculously good. So that also adds to kind of his prestige in the, in, in the league and what I think of him right now. So, But my thoughts on PSA versus Beckett, I usually go with um, I usually go with PSA, but it really is kind of personal preference. Like BGS, like a BGS 9.5 is considered close to a – yeah, I think Rashford probably is on the cover of FIFA next year if I had to guess. Either him or – I think it's gonna be either going to be him or Haaland probably will be on the cover next year. Um, but so P- PSA versus BGS. I just think that – it is going to be personal preference. Uh, I think I like PSA more because there's more data. So, like, if you're looking at pop reports, like I said earlier, if you're looking at pop reports, if you're looking at cards selling on eBay, I just think that a, there's – the interesting thing about BGS is that they have a BGS 9.5, BGS 10, BGS black label. But within, like, a BGS 9.5 to a black label, there are – there are almost 10 different ways that you can price out a card. Like if you price out a 9.5 without any subgrades, that's going to be that's going to be less expensive most likely than a P, than a BG than a BGS 9.5 with subgrades. Or if you have if you have a BGS 9.5 with two tens, like two tens of subgrades, that's going to be more expensive than a than a, than a BGS 9.5 with, with four 9.5 subgrades. So I just think that's interesting. And then, and then it's, also, it's also weird that like the 9.5 is essentially is – this, I think that's one that you see a lot more of. Uh, what's up, Wake and Bake? How are we doing? You see a lot more BGS 9.5s compared to uh, BGS 10s, obviously, because it's harder to get a 10. But I just – I don't necessarily like how you can – how uh, any any type of a BGS nine five could be anywhere from, I, and, and this is and it's almost I, this is an example and it's not an exact example, but I think this is how it is. You can get a BGS nine five that in theory would be anywhere from a PSA eight to a PSA ten, and I don't necessarily like that. I also don't like black labels because since grading is subjective to. To give someone to give one person the ability to to essentially give a card a grade that's much much higher than and then much it's it's the BGS black label is the the holy grail of grading in the industry but I don't think it should be like that like I don't think I don't think you should any I don't think a person like I think and I, I if I had to guess I would say that there's probably uh, multiple different people that a black label has to go through until it's actually officially a black label. Like I don't, I think it should have to go through a three or four or five person process before a card is given a black label because of what can happen. You know, and I don't, I don't think there's any tomfoolery going around with BGS, but like I don't know how easy. I think it would be fairly easy for someone to within that industry to have some backdoor deal where he where that person that grader knows that somebody that their buddy is sending in cards that they get the card and they give them a black label and it's like 
if you, and, and I think it would be easy to sneak in a black label as well. Like, sure, the black label is going to be one of the more popular or the, probably the most popular important grade for a sports card. But, like, if, you, if someone is sending in 100 cards and you say one of the cards is a black label, if you say one, if, if they just sneak, and I know it's not sneaking in a black label, but someone that's sending in 100 cards, the chances that... Yeah, and also the thing about the black label, and I think I put out a podcast about this in March um, that I don't necessarily, because also, the, I don't think any card, yeah, like you like um, Conrad said, I don't think any card deserves a black label because because I don't think any card could ever be so perfect when it, it gets printed, it gets cut, it gets, it gets collated, it gets put into, it gets put into, the pack, and then the pack gets put into the box, and the box gets put into a case, and then the case gets shipped out, and then and then the, either the case is opened, and it's either then the box is open, and then all the packs are open. So it's like, and then and then to get it graded, you have to then you you pull it from the pack, and then you put it in whatever type of protective top loader, penny sleeve, whatever, and then you send it in to either a group submitter or you, which granted, I don't think any like I don't unless you're sending in a couple hundred cards like or you're going and dropping it off like. You, you know, one is, I just don't think it's possible realistically for a card to get a black label in the first place. So that's kind of my thoughts on the black label in general. And like a BGS 10, I also, I think with BGS, with the, with the half grades, I think it's very interesting because you can go eight, eight, five, nine, nine, five, ten. And I, I don't know. So, I mean, that's why I like PSA more because it's, it's, it's simp it's more, um, it's easier to figure out pricing of a card if you have a PSA 10 versus if you have a versus if you have a BGS 10 or a BGS 95 with four 95 grades or a BGS 95 with two tens and one nine and one nine five because you also could have a BGS actually I'm not sure if, I don't think it works like this I think if you have three I'm not sure if this is possible with BGS but if you have three um, tens and then you have one nine like does that that means the card is i don't think that means the card is a nine i think that then means that you get you get a nine five because i forget exactly i think there is some sort of standard where if you have a certain card um it's the the lowest grade then becomes the grade i'm not 100 percent sure if that's correct or not but but either way so i mean that's kind of some of my thoughts i think actually i'm going to wrap things up uh for this live stream so thank you to everybody who came in and asked questions. I really appreciate because you're the ones that are keeping the, keeping the chat moving forward. So I really appreciate that one. So everybody, thank you very much. And thank you to all the podcast listeners. If you are listening to this on Sunday or whenever, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be phenomenal. I'd really appreciate that. Make sure you go follow on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, all those places. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for coming to the live stream. I will see you. I'll see everybody. Uh, I'm probably going to post this and I'll, uh, if you guys have any questions, definitely just uh, reach out to me because I obviously love answering questions in the DM. So thank you everybody. I'll see you later.